Well, hello, everybody. It is Ann Duffy, and welcome to Dental Entrepreneurs, the Future of Dentistry podcast. I have such a special guest today. I'm so excited to introduce him to you. He is new to me. We are new acquaintances, but we are fast friends, and I admire him, his work, and his life's purpose so much in just this short period of time. Here's a brief bio. Dr. Hakamian is the CEO of Dentulu, the back-to-back best-of-class technology winner at the ADA, who has transitioned out of multi-practice office ownership to help provide innovative dental software solutions for the dental industry. He was the co-founder of the Global Dental Impact Academy, Implant Academy, helping train dental professionals on implants and dental surgery. He speaks four languages and loves to travel across the world to participate in volunteer missions in the underserved communities. Please help me welcome Dr. Rash. Hello. Hi, Anne. What a warm introduction. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me, for this great honor, and um, for all the, all the viewers out there. Really happy to be sharing my story. And uh, really, as I learn more about your organization as well, I'm so impressed and uh, really happy to be working with you. Well, it's a pleasure to have featured you on our cover for our summer edition of Dental Entrepreneur, the Future of Dentistry. You're the perfect cover uh, model and your story was so profound. I think I remember reading it. Oh, it was on a Friday afternoon, I got it. I always wait and read my the articles um, when I have a few minutes to settle in either with a cup of tea or a nice glass of wine. And um, I'm telling you, it brought me to tears. I was just so impressed with your humility and um, your empathy for the underserved. And um, I guess it all stems from, you know, back in the day, your childhood, you come from a dental family. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, everyone, just about everyone in my family is uh, in the dental profession. Uh, Mom, dad, brother, sister. Uh, We have one brother uh, who stepped out of the dental industry and uh, he went into veterinarian medicine, but he works on probably more than all of us <laughs> little did he know he's, he's going to be a, a, a dentist as well in some capacity so uh yeah it runs in my family and um i pretty much grew up in a dental office since i was an infant i guess you did and i mean i can't imagine the table talk that that would be that would be really really fun and you know talk about a learning um circle right i mean that that's almost like um the um Exeter table that you have uh, 10 people sitting around and you talk and share ideas and brainstorm. I mean, that's got to have some rich, rich conversation and obviously uh, enlightened you to do more than just your average dentist, which is just amazing. I mean, you got very interested and involved in, in um, the issue of oral health disparities in underserved communities. I mean, at a young age in college, when most kids are thinking about, you know, where they're going to go on Saturday night, and I not know if that was part of your routine, but you really had a heart for the underserved early on. You know, where did that come from? I think I attribute that uh, to, you know, my, my mom and dad, they've been volunteers all their lives. So even, even in elementary school, high school, we used to go pass out food and uh, toothbrushes and toothpaste to the homeless community. And uh, so I had a great affinity with working with the homeless population. And uh, while I was at UCLA, I was, uh, I was studying anthropology at the time and, you know, just uh, researching, you know, how people act and the behaviors and why they do what they do. And 
Um, I had the opportunity to lead a IRB approved research project on why there's oral health disparities in, in the homeless population and uh, really had the full support of UCLA behind me and had the opportunity to go out there and spend a whole year trying to figure out why homeless people have, you know, poor oral health. Wow. And I mean, I've been to LA, our son lives there and it is the homeless population is, is, is a large population right in the middle of the city. It's, it's pretty impressive that uh, you can actually have work there, get the, get the statistics, get the feeling to build such an incredible uh, vision for you in your future. And you're really honestly just getting started knowing you right now and knowing what your goals are. I, I feel like, wow, the sky's the limit. And I loved in your article, Harash, that you kept saying, and how can we do better? How can right. we do better? Right. And that you're not only um, a fabulous dentist, a great human being, but you know, you're also uh, a pretty pretty good entrepreneur because we were talking just before this you started a company and uh you know graduated and then saw the need and this is entrepreneurism i guess you see a need and you find a way to fill that need and and so walk us a little bit you got and, and one of the other things i want to comment on too before we get started on your walk is the fact that you were mentored by so many amazing right. dental professionals and i wanted to say kudos to you for being a good mentee because so often, you know, you'll find a good mentor, but boy, you really, you really sat at their feet and, 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 you know, that, I think that spurred you on to bigger and greater things. Would you, would you agree? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, they, uh, they've been such an, starting from my parents uh, and my grandparents and then, you know, transitioning into college and, you know, dental school and beyond, I've just had some incredible uh, clinicians that I've worked with and, and, and mentors, um, some in the dental industry, some outside of, and really helped shape my career and just my perspective, you know, and uh, I was really happy to be able to uh, share some of those, uh, you know, experiences in the article that, that was written on in your magazine. So um, yeah, absolutely. You know, you can't, you, uh, you definitely, uh, everyone needs a coach uh, at, at every level. And, um, and, you know, I, I, my, I really wanted to avoid making a lot of the mistakes that I could have been prevented just by, you know, just learning from other people's experiences. And um, really, I was really fortunate to, you know, have my, my uh, path cross with some amazing, amazing people throughout my some career. Of, some of the great, some of the great. Well, that's funny. It kind of brings me back to, to your article and you said how, which tickled me because I've got uh, three kids and, and two boys that played sports and how you wanted to be in the NBA or the <laughs> NFL. Was it NFL, NBA, baseball? I'm not exactly sure. Any right. sport would have done, would have been good for you. Right. And so, right. you know what that means to me too, is that you are coachable. And so often a good coach will really lean towards someone that is coachable because they'll give, you know, that, that, that's another thing that is something that um, you should really, um, you know, lean into. Cause when you, when I read your article and all the different things that you're doing, you're finding coaches but you're also coachable and that's what makes a great entrepreneur as well. So you have that little bit of a spirit of, I want to do it on my own, but teach me, I'll, I'll also teach me how, teach me how, right. And how can I be better? So um, yeah. tell us a little bit about that walk to entrepreneurism. Yeah, I think, I think what came with the sports too uh, was a lot of competitiveness 
Um, but also I think the understanding that teamwork makes the dream work. So, uh, you know, it, it really have to work well with others and, and, but at the same time, uh, really stay competitive, think outside the box. And that's what I've tried to do throughout my career. Um, yeah, my, my, you know, I think they say, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention and, uh, you know, coming out of dental school, I had the opportunity once I graduated from UCLA, which was an incredible um, institution. I, I was fortunate enough to go the anthropology route. So it allowed me to feel comfortable working with people of different backgrounds, cultures, languages. Um, so I did a lot of traveling, uh, doing archaeological digs, excavations, looking oh, wow. at teeth from, you know, thousands of years ago. Um, and, and that kind of transitioned into me wanting to actually do some volunteer work with, with some of these organizations that, uh, and, and NGOs that were serving there. So I think that's one thing uh, I really wanted to do and made me happy. And there was no money involved. I didn't have to write notes. I didn't have to get any pre-authorizations, <laughs> just show up and do the right thing and, you know, and, and, and help people. And, um, and it was just such an incredible experience. And I just wanted to figure out how, how do I do more of that? Yeah. Um, and at the same time, battling with, you know, uh, paying off $500,000 of school loans coming out of dental school. Um, so I was trying to figure out how to balance all that. And um, I, you know, I didn't want to go the traditional route of uh, building up necessarily my practice to the point where I would be um, required to stay there and serve the patients, uh, forever. Right. So I, I had a chance actually, I met Robert Kiyosaki once he's the author of rich dad, poor dad. And he said, the best advice I can give you is to start a business and not be self-employed. Um, and he said, you know, he said the definition, and this is the litmus test that you can do for this is to try to go away for vacation for a month. And when you come back, the business is doing better than when you left it. In, okay, contrast, so in contrast to a, de a traditional dentist, right, which is self-employed, okay. and if they, go on, if they go on vacation, the, the business shuts down, right? Um, which is, so that's the fundamental difference is, can you create a system, can you create an operation that you can step away from and uh, have freedom to go out there and, and, and do other things and still come back to the business, not only surviving, but thriving? Oh my gosh, that's such a great distinction. For a second, I was stop, I was going to stop and say, wait a minute, self-employed and you're starting a business. So that is cool. So that's residual income. Uh, you you leave and it comes back and the money continues when you're not there. That's that's a beautiful distinction. I hope everyone's really writing that one down. Wow. And so that, and so tell me what you did. Tell, tell us what well, you did then. Yeah, I mean, coming out of school, um, I, I knew I didn't want to work for anyone. Uh, I wasn't too fond of the traditional, you know, DSO path that everyone was taking. I wanted to really provide the quality of care I wanted to, to provide. And naturally uh, I was gravitated, you know, gravitating towards Beverly Hills and being the celebrity dentist. And, uh, you know, so I went, to, I went to the best street in Beverly Hills. My, my dad practiced there for 25 years. Um, I went on the same street and uh, started knocking on doors and, uh, wondering if I can work for, you know, one of them and hopefully have them mentor me. Um, and obviously just two, two, three weeks out of school, no one was going to take me on. <laughs> no one's going to let you do full reconstruction in their office. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I 
I came home and, and uh, my dad said, you know, hey, you know, the rent here is extremely high. Why don't you go back and see if maybe you can rent a chair uh, from one of these practices? So went back, uh, same building, like 20 dentists in the same building, knocked on all the doors again and, and asked them if I could sublease a chair. Um, and this was, you know, this is where all the incredible uh, dentists that you see in magazines, all the superstars are going to these dentists. So finally, one of them uh, agreed to allow me to sublease a chair. And, um, and so I was there for about a year and saw uh, how, you know, this dentist was practicing the type of clientele that was coming in. And it was really, it was really amazing watching, uh, you know, someone at such a, such a great height in their career. But I, at the same time, I realized um, that is exactly what I didn't want. Right. In the sense that I saw those dentists um, forced to work, you know, into their 50s, 60s and 70s, because if, you know, they were the sole breadwinner, um, they didn't have systems set up to have associates. Um, they couldn't step away. Their, their costs kept increasing. They didn't own the building that they were practicing in. And so I realized within a year, as amazing as this sounded, um, I, I'm going to transition into something else. And, um, and that was kind of, you know, my, my segue moving out of the Beverly Hills area um, and moving more mobile. So I, I, I designed a mobile unit that I can take into the patient's homes um, so I could really go anywhere I wanted to. Um, and I was doing house calls for the Saudi royal family and celebrities. And, um, and while I was doing that, I moved to an area that was a little bit more conducive to associate run practices and, you know, purchased the building and, uh, and really started, you know, started uh, uh, building my practice and, and doing some mobile dentistry and doing some uh, clinical dentistry with associates. And, and it was crazy. I actually went and hired my, some of my professors that were my, my uh, teachers at USC. And so I was able to get some really good clinicians and bring some good quality services to the area I was in. And it was, it was a really a great start. That is a great start. You crack me up. This, I, if you're listening, the little thread here. Okay, so so many people think that someone as successful as you are, and you were obviously very successful even from the get-go. Did they wouldn't believe you knocked on 25 doors and got a no, and then you went back and knocked on those 25 doors. So people, I mean, there's I think some young dentists out there that are graduating. You have to work to build this, and then the fact that you actually built a business that you were not self-employed. I, I just, I absolutely adore that um, concept because it gives you the, the freedom to, to really do what you really want and to know that it's happening, whether you're using these hands, right? Um, but you, you surround yourself with, with people that can help you do that when you're not there. That is so cool. So then you this equipment was working, which was pretty, that's another great story. We have to, you know what, we're going to have to leave some of this for the article. So you're going to have to go oh, to sure. uh, dentalentrepreneur.com and read this because there's so many little nuggets in there that, that'll make you um, think and, uh, and uh, smile. And uh, so, so then this, this mobile unit that you designed, how is that, how has that morphed over the years and, and this company, how has it grown? You know, the mobile dentistry, uh, we, we, you know, my parents used to do house calls, right? All of our parents, okay. you know, we, we've done house calls uh, and we, for some reason, moved away from that. And um, 
a lot of the patients, um, whether it's by necessity, because of a disability, because of age, because of distance, a lot of people actually can benefit from on-site work. In my particular scenario, it was more celebrities who just didn't want to be followed by paparazzi uh, and some who just had time constraints and they were willing to pay, you know, extra money for, for me to come in. Um, and so, you know, I, I realized that this is something that could benefit a lot of patients. Um, but mainly, I think at the time we were using these, uh, I was I was a dentist with the Special Olympics. We were doing this in really remote areas, going to Guatemala and providing care in really remote areas. And I had a fully functional, you know, portable unit. I could a high speed, low speed suction, compressor, tooth whitening, uh, light at the end, a scaler at the end. I mean, it did it all. And um, and it was just something that I, I really found uh, really interesting and wondered why people weren't doing more of this. Um, and so I, I, you know, I, I continued to do that as I build up, you know, my, my practices. And um, I, I realized the ADA was making a huge push to bring in more mobile clinicians. And they actually were lobbying uh, the American, uh, the lobbying Congress to be able to pass some legislation that is conducive to scaling this. Um, and, and at the time we really, we lacked any kind of apps, like a dental app, mobile app for dentistry. Uber was just going IPO. And um, what year is this? What year is this you're talking so, about? So this, this was uh, 2000, about 2018. Not that long ago. Yeah, this was about 2018. Um, we, were, we were just having a family dinner and, and we, re, you know, apps were just, everything had an app. And we were just talking about how many apps I had to teach my parents to use. Okay. And we didn't have a dental app. Um, and my brother and I just kind of looked at each other and said, you know, we need to come up with the dental app. And so I Googled uh, app developer convention. And, uh, and sure enough, it was that weekend. It was in three days. Uh, the, uh, there was a, the annual developer convention was going on in San Francisco. Um, and so we said, you know, this is a sign. We got we to gotta go to this. And uh, I got on the next flight and flew out to San Francisco and showed up at the developers convention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. See, again, another little, little nugget here. You got on a flight. It just like, okay, nothing was going to stop you. This is, this is great. I have to admit. I missed the flight and I was walking away and really the, the, the person who's been so instrumental, Mary Gonzalez, she, she, you know, she doesn't want to, she, she, she likes to stay behind the scenes, but she um, has just been my rock and helped me uh, in, in my career and building my office. So she said, doc, get back on the next flight, whatever you have to do, you know, this is a sign you got to get back on there. And so I actually missed my flight and was walking away and, uh, Again, having good people around you that support and believe in you. Right. Um, and he said, she, no, 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 son, go back on the get flight. Get back on that flight. Right. Yeah, you're not coming home. I love it. That's so great. That's a, that's, that's another little tidbit that we're, we're, we're not in the story. So I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mary. Oh, my gosh. So I showed up at the, at the convention. I didn't have a ticket to get in. Uh, you know, I tried to purchase one, but they said dentists weren't allowed. This is for developers. This is an advanced uh, <laughs> developer you know, convention. And uh, so I, I actually asked someone, I paid them to get me in as, as an employee in their, you know, from the company. They were very gracious and let me in. 
And so I sat in on uh, two days of blockchain and, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and coding, just way over my head. And uh, it was really interesting. I was trying to figure out where I'm going to break through and how I'm going to find a developer. But um, thankfully, the last day, there was a job fair. And uh, so I got ready and went to the job fair and there was an ocean of developers. And uh, uh, I had, I think, Microsoft to my left and Amazon to my right with, you know, these hundred, $200,000 booths. And I was <laughs> trying to figure out how I'm going to find a developer in this, uh, in this ocean of, you know, developers. I, I didn't even know where to start. And um, I remember I got a, I got a table. There was just a table laying around uh, one of these. Found, fold. You found a table. I okay. found a table. Yeah, it was just laying around. I think it was all by were, itself. Yeah, they were going to try to sit, serve food on it or something. But I just kind of put it in between Microsoft and Amazon and got a couple of pieces of papers and spread it out on the on the table and just wrote developers wanted. And uh, all of a sudden there was a line of about 50, 50 developers just lined up to interview with me. And um I just pretended like I knew what they were talking about <laughs> and collected resumes. <laughs> Throughout blockchain quite a bit. Blockchain, blockchain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mobile app. You know, they were asking me, what language do you want? What code? iOS, Android. I didn't even know what they were talking about. But, um, but you know, collected a bunch of resumes and ended up meeting, uh, meeting the right person and flying them out to L.A. And, you know, and that's all that's how it all started. Boy, and the rest is history. Look at you, boy. That is, and that's like a skyrocket because it's like 2000. I mean, we, we don't even remember the last two and a half years. So really it's just feels like that was yesterday. Doesn't it for you? I mean, does it feel like yesterday or does it feel like, wow, that was a long time ago? You know, uh, both, you know, sometimes depends on the day sometimes, yeah. you know, cause you, you feel every day as an entrepreneur, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, a lot, a lot, it takes a lot out of you, especially um, when you're um, introducing a technology that just, you know, that that has to prove itself first. This was pre-pandemic. No one had yeah. even heard of teledentistry. <laughs> I know. Isn't it amazing how, you know, talk about stars being aligned, though. It's just, you know, you, you've had a couple of God whispers along the way, and then all of a right. sudden COVID right. happens, and, and then teledentistry works. And, I mean, you almost have to have something like that major shift uh, defining moment in everyone's life for them to realize this is not going away. This is something really big. And that's what I think is so great, but you were prepared for it. And obviously you're a visionary because you, you prepared for it before you knew that the demand would be so, so great. Yeah. I think mobile dentistry and teledentistry just made sense to me. It's like we, um, I looked at Uber and, uh, actually gave a lecture on the Uberization of dentistry on the day Uber went, um, public. So if you if you go to Google and put uh, Uberization of dentistry, you'll actually, you'll actually be able to watch that lecture. I gave it in a, 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 an incredible symposium. Um, there were astronauts there. And I was telling them one day very soon, we're going to be able to have conferences with, you know, astronauts. Uh, and if they have a dental emergency, we can address these things. And so I, I looked at some of the qualities um, that you know uber had and why it made them so successful you know connecting people um through their mobile device um being able to be on demand uh being able to empower the consumer to look at reviews to be able to leave a review and see who they're engaging with 
um, and to be able to shift the point of care, um, you know, on site. And so there's a lot, a lot of these features I felt um, would help, you know, help dentistry and be able to really go out there and Uberize dentistry as, as we see so many different industries Uberizing, um, the real estate industry, the food industry, the, you know, the, the car rental and ownership industry. I felt like the healthcare industry and the dental industry are going to follow that same path and uh, the consumer demand is going to be there. And um, I felt it was important for dentists to shape that direction rather than having corporate interests do it for us. Well, that makes sense. That's that's also very interesting. Uberizing uh, is a, uh, a term now. I mean, that's, that's yeah. kind of cool. Um, and the other thing I'm thinking about, um, it's all about the client for Uber, right? Where do you want to be picked up? Where do you want to be let off? Um, here's a snack and a little water if you want it. Similar to dentistry, it's all about, it should be all about the patient, right? And um, so again, that just makes perfect sense that you would uh, really study that and, and see that it makes sense to not reinvent that wheel, but to use what they've already discovered and map that onto something for dentistry to make it even more powerful. I, that's just, to me, that's smart entrepreneurism. And you know, innovation. And yeah, you know, what, what does everyone have in their hand? It's almost attached to their body now. And, and really, even in uh, homeless people. I know, yeah. I mean, I've gone, to, I've gone to remote areas where they didn't have shoes, but they had cell phones. You know, in Guatemala, you're in a mountain and they have cell phones in their hands. So everyone has a cell phone. Um, and there's no reason why we can't have a video consult and be able to share information and share advice. You know, we have two point, probably 2.6 or more million people that go to emergency rooms for dental related issues. There's no dental staff in emergency rooms, but they're going out of desperation because they don't have accessibility to dentists. Now, mind you, this is happening in a place like Los Angeles where there's a dentist on every corner. They're just not open at 8 p.m., right? So, and that's when people have dental pain. The majority of the dental pain in emergencies occur after hours. So people are going to emergency rooms, waiting three, four hours, paying three or four times as much as they would in a dental office. And sometimes, you know, if you, if you fall and the tooth, you know, is evolved, you need immediate care. You need immediate assistance. You need uh, immediate recommendations. Um, so we can do that. We can do that on demand, on a cell phone. Um, and, and it doesn't replace clinical care. We still, we want to guide these patients away from hospitals and urgent care centers and get them into local offices where they can be properly treated. Um, and so, you know, it just, it just makes total sense it's starting virtual and, and then facilitating the care on site to local offices. Yeah. I, I think it's really smart too. It kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, it dips them into dentistry and shows them that they can be cared for because they're fearful and that's what keeps people away. So you get someone that's caring and, 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 um, and can actually solve your problem and, and actually save you time and money. I mean, uh, you know, there's the, the, it's enormous, the, 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 the amount of work that people can't go to because of problems, emergency problems with their teeth and, and they just keep putting it off. That's where the emergencies come from, right? But if you could do it in your privacy room. And I think the other thing is embarrassment. There's so many layers here, right? For the common folk that 
they're just they they what like you were saying even about celebrities it's so funny how to me it's amazing how you you work on in missions and you work in in uh, underserved countries and communities and then the exact opposite the rich of the rich and there's still something common about them they don't want to go to the dentist they want to do a teledentistry or be seen in person just they don't want to have that that stigma i guess um it still it still can be scary and you can alleviate a lot of that just by just by communicating in the relationship you have with somebody like we're doing right now on zoom i'll tell you the other thing that was so amazing that you you talked about was the mouth cam so you're still in a, you're still innovating new procedures i mean you're just not going to stop you're young and um you know you've got great people around you and i know that your teams are going to continue to grow because good people find good people but I mean, the mouth cam thing, that was like, to, I, the price point was amazing to me. And I, I admire the fact that you can, I mean, can you imagine the first oral camera? I mean, what was it like six, I don't know, like $50,000 way back in the day, right? I mean, it, it really was. Um, and so the fact that, you know, you've figured that out, uh, how to make it affordable for people that are interested in this kind of work is amazing to me. Yeah, you know, one of the things I used as a tool in my office was I had a big screen television in every operatory and an intraoral camera and patient education videos. I couldn't live without, I couldn't practice without those uh, tools. So I would just put a camera inside everyone's mouth, take pictures, but I would also be giving them a tour and educating them. And, um, you know, it helped me, it helped me um, not only have more educated patients, more compliant patients, um, but it, it helped establish trust. They could see what's going on and they were so much more engaged, but, you know, uh, intro cameras were thousands of dollars. And when we started using teledentistry to communicate with patients, we realized it's hard to shove a telephone in your mouth. And so I <laughs> yeah. we were trying to figure out how, to, you know, and, and what's really important is that we provide care at the same standard that we do in dental offices. Right. We don't want to do things that, that, you know, are below the standard of care. So in order to really have proper diagnosis, I think we need to see what's going on. And so, you know, we tried attachments on cell phones and uh, we, we tried all that. It didn't nothing was really effective. Um, and so we started looking at um, intraoral cameras and, and looking at, you know, if we can make these cheaper. Um, and yeah, we've gotten we have now have a line of, of intraoral cameras that are less than 50 bucks, um, they, you know, they can not only share video, but also photos of inside the patient's mouth. And you can use it for so many different things. You can use it for um, periodontal patients who you're checking to see how their perio is progressing. Um, you can use it for emergencies. You can use it for uh, monitoring your implant patients and um, your, your, your gum grafts. Your, your extractions, and you can see how these things are healing without having the patient drive all the way back to the office. And it's such a good patient retention tool. Your patient has one of these, and guess what? If they have an issue, you're there, you're accessible, and now you can get paid for these. Yeah. Uh, they're actual reimbursements. So I'm really excited. I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to overreach, but I think within the next 10 years, this is just going to be a part of every single standard uh you know emergency kit just like you now have dental you have wearables that could tell you blood pressure they can yeah. tell you heart rate um this could be used as a tool to provide remote patient monitoring um for patients remotely so and the price point is just 
incredible. Yeah. Uh, and I have to tell you one thing we're doing, which is I think extremely exciting, just beyond exciting for me is we're incorporating artificial intelligence to be able to evaluate what these cameras are reading, right? So patients can now, or not, you know, in the very near future, scan their own mouth and, and it will alert them when there's plaque, when there's calculus, when there's a cavity, when there's recession. Wow. And that will initiate a conversation with the dentist and uh, hopefully get the patients to want to come in rather than us having to constantly call them for recalls. Well, the other thing it does it, in my mind is it also gives them ownership of their own mouth. They don't even know what their inside of the mouth looks like. If you see a crack in the back or, or a tooth is broken or whatever, you, uh, you, you'll take ownership on that versus somebody saying, oh, you got a crack back here and you need to right. fix. So, I mean, that's another thing. They'll take more ownership and more, uh, you know, care of their mouth because they know what, what's on the inside because you can't see it without it. So that's so cool. Oh yeah. my gosh, put on the big screen. We'll have, we're gonna have some budding dentists come out of this too. These little kids that are their mom and dads are using this thing. And I mean, it, the sky's the limit. I mean, really, when you got, when you open this door, Arash, uh, I think that you've opened a door to so many more discoveries and so much more growth uh, in your company and in the world, the profession of dentistry. You're just a beacon uh, in this industry. And, and how can people get in touch with you and hear more about Dentulu and all the things that you're doing? And um, tell us, tell us where you're Yeah, you I mean, I, we, first of all, as a, as a provider, whether you're a hygienist, you're a, a dentist, a, a um, you know, a specialist, we invite everyone to uh, create a profile on Dentulu. Um, we, we've partnered with Walgreens, we've partnered with LG televisions, we have consults available on smart TVs now. I mean, anywhere there are people, um, we'll be able to capture them right where they're located. And on the other end, we need dentists to take in all these patients. So if people who are looking for new patients, go on Dentulu and make yourself a profile. Um, me personally, I'm uh, always available. My, my email address is arash at dentulu, A-R-A-S-H at dentulu.com. And um, yeah, I, it would be my absolute pleasure to help um, educate and advance teledentistry and mobile dentistry. And just to me, there's no difference. It's dentistry, you know, right. um, just be able to offer um, any, any kind of assistance I can in helping uh, the new generation of dentists coming into dentistry and also some of the retiring dentists like my father to be able to still participate in dentistry without necessarily um, you know, having to have the burden of brick and mortar, you know, practices and running exactly. a full practice. It sounds like it, it would align. I mean, you know, give you another, um, avenue for, for, uh, income, but also just an avenue to, to grow and to be giving back. There's so many different things that you can do, because again, your experience has been the, the low of the low and the high of the high, and there's a lot in between, and then people can be involved. So I just want to say, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for sharing your story, um, and being our cover doc, uh, for the dental entrepreneur, uh, summer edition. And, and just thank you for your friendship because we know each other now. And, um, and I think a lot of new people are going to get to know you as we, we go forward. So this podcast, you'll be able to find it on uh, the future of dentistry and everybody. We thank you, Arash, for this beautiful uh, podcast today. And uh, most importantly, everybody out there, keep doing you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks so much.